Hello and welcome into the First and Football Show. I am your host Tobias Brown and we are back with episode 3. And folks, it's finally here. Week 18 of the NFL season is upon us. And today we are going to take a deep dive look into each and every single game that is to be played this weekend. But before we hit those games, I wanted to update you guys on a little topic we had talked about in a previous episode, that being Oklahoma transfer quarterback Caleb Williams. For those of you who don't know, Caleb Williams was a freshman quarterback at the University of Oklahoma this past season. He, of course, replaced Spencer Rattler when Rattler had the debacle on the field. Um, Williams played very admirably. He um, had a very good season. Definitely looked like a potential Heisman candidate coming into this year. But with all of the change going on in Oklahoma, of course, Lincoln Riley leaving in the middle of the night to go take the USC job. Brent Venables, the former defensive coordinator from Clemson coming in. Williams has decided that he is going to open up his recruitment. And of course, earlier I speculated on the previous episode that that could be because he's shopping for NIL deals. Of course, NIL being name, image, and likeness deals. Um, the NCAA finally allowing college players to profit off their name, their image, and their likeness, of course. Um, but Williams and his father have come out and said that's not the case. Caleb Williams has said he has entered the portal because he's shopping to see what program is going to offer him the best chance to get to the NFL? What program is going to help mentor him, groom him, to get him ready to be an NFL quarterback? And he has stated that Oklahoma could still potentially be that. Of course, he's uncertain. Brent Venables is, you know, a defensive background coach. So maybe not as well known with working with quarterbacks. He did, Venables did, make a nice hire. He brought in Ole Miss's offensive coordinator. Of course, we know what Ole Miss's offense looked like this year with Matt Corral, obviously, you know, their bowl game not included, but looked like a very capable offense this year. But the reason we're talking about Caleb Williams right now is because Charlie Batch has come out and offered Caleb Williams a deal he can't refuse, potentially. Now, Charlie Batch, for those of you who don't know, longtime NFL quarterback, of course, played with the Detroit Lions, but most of us probably know him better for his days in Pittsburgh. A longtime backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Charlie Batch is a graduate of Eastern Michigan University. That's where Batch played his college ball, and Batch has offered Caleb Williams a name, image, and likeness deal, an NIL deal for $1 million. It's a one-year, $1 million deal if Caleb Williams will agree to come play his college ball in Ypsilanti, Michigan, for Eastern Michigan University. Um, of course, a lot of people are clamoring, saying, well, this is why we can't have these name, image, and likeness deals. Charlie Batch is going to ruin college football. And folks, I'm here to tell you, Charlie Batch could offer Williams $5 million. And if Williams is true to his word and he's really looking for the best place to get pro ready, he's not going to Eastern Michigan. I think it's a valiant effort by Charlie Batch to uh, not only make himself relevant, but also the uh, Eastern Michigan football program. But I don't think we have to worry about Caleb Williams going to Eastern Michigan. And that's not, you know, to say Eastern Michigan's, you know, a terrible program. They did just produce Max Crosby, the defensive end for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders just a few years ago. So Eastern Michigan has made, you know, made some headlines producing some nice players in the past. But uh, with any regard, I think Caleb Williams is uh, not going to consider that. But with that being said, let's dive into these Week 18 NFL games. Um... 
First and foremost, let's start with those Saturday games. We're looking at the Chiefs and the Broncos. Um, the Broncos, of course, have been eliminated from playoff contention. Teddy Bridgewater is out. He is done for the year. So in comes Drew Locke to start the final game of the regular season. And folks, this is an important one for Drew Locke. Drew Locke, former second-round pick out of the University of Missouri, really had a lot of potential, never really... You know, put it all together. Vic Fangio didn't really want to give Locke a chance, it felt like, at times this year. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, of course, held that job pretty much the whole season. So Drew Locke's going to, you know, have an audition, really. I'm not sure Locke's back in Denver next year. And if he's not, this is an audition for him to showcase to the other 31 NFL teams why if you have a quarterback competition, it may not be a bad idea to bring Locke in and let him, you know, show you what he's got. So Drew Locke's going to be starting for the Broncos. The Chiefs, if they win and the Titans lose, the Chiefs are the number one seed. Now, the number one seed in each division, both the AFC and, and NFC, it holds a little more importance this year. With the new playoff format, the extra wildcard team, they have eliminated the double bye. It used to be in the playoffs that the one seed and the two seed got a bye. It's no longer that way. Only the one seed will get a bye. So teams are really hoping to get that one seed this year. The Chiefs can lock it up if they win and the Titans lose. The Chiefs, though, with a loss, could potentially fall all the way to the four seed in the AFC. I'm not going to go through exactly what it would take. We'd be here all day if I went through each scenario. Some of them are very complex, but uh, the Chiefs, really, they're anywhere from the one to the four right now, so they're still playing for something. I expect to see Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I expect to see all those guys out there. Really, probably the biggest injury news for the Chiefs is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be out for this game. Um, the Chiefs, of course, have navigated this season without him um, multiple weeks. So just keep in mind, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be out. The other thing to keep in mind with this game, though, is this Vic Fangio's final game as the Denver Broncos head coach. The reason I say that is because, you know, everyone was talking about when Vic Fangio got this job. You know, finally, Vic Fangio is a head coach. He was a longtime defensive coordinator, a very good coordinator with the Chicago Bears. Fangio gets the job, though, and he is 19-28. and 28 as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And the thing with the Broncos is they did recently bring in a new GM this past offseason. George Patton comes in. He takes over the range. John Elway kind of relinquishes some of his control over the day-to-day -day personnel as far as the football team goes. So it's going to be interesting. Does George Patton want to bring in his own guy this upcoming offseason? It'll be very interesting. The other Saturday game is the Cowboys and Eagles. And the Eagles, they've already clinched a playoff spot. We don't know where they'll be, though. They'll pr more than likely either be the 6 or the 7 seed. So with that being said, the Eagles can't really move up more than the 6 seed are either going to be the 6 or the 7 seed. So do they just rest some people? Do they play Jalen Hurts or do they give them the night off? It'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do as far as that go. They, of course, are banged up, battling some injuries. It appears Lane Johnson is could potentially miss this game. Miles Sanders is out. So expect to see a heavy workload of Boston Scott running the football for the Eagles. Um, so it could be an interesting game. As far as the Cowboys go, the Cowboys, they're going to make the playoffs. And let me tell you, Cowboys fans, uh, it's about time they win a playoff game. I think the Cowboys fans are not just happy to make the playoffs this year. They're not going to be able to get the one seed, of course. We've already discussed that the Green Bay Packers have locked, it, locked that one seed up. 
So could the Cowboys rest some people? Will they start Dak Prescott, or could they rest him? Are they going to start, you know, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb? What will the Cowboys do? This could be one of the few games this weekend where we see numerous players rested on each side of the ball for both teams. It'll be interesting to see how that looks. Um, Moving ahead to the Sunday games, the Packers and Lions, like we said, the Packers, they've locked up that one seed in the NFC, so don't expect to see Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. But that doesn't mean that the game's not worth watching, because guess what, folks? There's going to be an audition for Jordan Love this weekend. Jordan Love, of course, a former first-round pick out of Utah State. Um, There was a lot of controversy when he was drafted, if you remember. Um, The Packers, they really needed a wide receiver, and for some odd reason, not only did they take the quarterback, but they traded back into the first round to get the quarterback. Um, So Jordan Love really needs to show, especially in a... uh, Week 18 game against the Detroit Lions that he does have the potential to be a future NFL quarterback. Um, As far as the Lions go, do they embrace and embody the mentality of Dan Campbell? If you remember the Dan Campbell press conference when he became the head coach of the Lions, he said you were going to bite kneecaps off. I hope they don't literally do that this weekend, but can the Lions fight? You know, this past weekend when they played the Seahawks, giving up over 50 points. They just never really looked like they were interested. It'll be interesting to see what the Lions have this weekend. They do have some young talent. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, the young wide receiver out of USC, really looks like he has a lot of potential. Already appears to be better than his brother. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what the Lions do this weekend. Um, Another game of massive importance is this Colts and Jaguars game. You wouldn't really think anything with Jacksonville in week 18 matters, but the Colts win and they are in. They lose and they are out. It is that simple. The Colts need to win this game. Now the spread right now, the Vegas spread, meaning essentially how much Vegas thinks the Colts are going to win by is 16 and a half. Um, I think that's a little insulting to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are playing for pride at this point. Um, They're also playing for, this is another audition game. The Jaguars are going to have a new head coaching regime come in next offseason. So there's going to be a new style. There's going to be new formations, everything. And the Jaguars players that are there right now are auditioning to keep their jobs because a lot of them are going to be gone. Obviously, we know Trevor Lawrence is still going to be there. They're going to try and build around Trevor Lawrence. But some of these guys, especially on that defensive side of the ball, they've got some former high-round picks that haven't really produced. Is a guy like Taven Bryan going to be around next year? Well, this is a game where he can showcase his talents for the new regime that's going to be coming in. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. But essentially, Colts, you win, you're in. If they lose, though, that's where it could get interesting very quick. Another 1 p.m. game we've got for Sunday is the Washington football team against the New York Giants. Um, I'm going to try and spruce this game up and make you interested in it. I will be honest, I'm not sure anyone's interested in it because the quarterback matchup is Taylor Heineke versus Mike Glennon. This is the same Mike Glennon who threw for a whopping 24 yards last week. Um, So this could be a painful watch, but the bottom line is this is a chance for that Washington football team defense to do what we all thought they would do this year. They never took that step. That D-line with Chase Young, you know, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, 
you know, Montez Sweat, we really thought that that was going to be a great unit. It did get banged up with injuries, obviously Chase Young being out, um, but it'll be interesting to see. The other thing with that Washington football team defense, though, is if you notice, Jamin Davis, he of course went on the COVID protocols a few weeks ago. He was their first round pick this past year, linebacker out of the University of Kentucky, um, but he got benched. Since he came back off the COVID list, he has played in a reserve role, and when you when Ron Rivera was asked about this, he said that he felt the defense looked better with Jamin Davis in the reserve role, and so the football team is rolling out David Mayo. Now, if you don't know David Mayo, that is okay. Um, David Mayo is primarily a special team reserve linebacker. He spent time with the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. But the reason I bring this up is it's very odd for a first-round linebacker to get benched this late into the season. So could be some cause for concern there. The football team, they've got a lot to figure out. That quarterback position, obviously Fitzpatrick got hurt, Ryan Fitzpatrick, early on in the season. So it's been Taylor Heineke's show most of the year. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Do they bring him back next year? Obviously, I think they'll move on from their other backup quarterback, that being Kyle Allen, the former Carolina Panther himself as well. Um, as far as the Giants go, though, Mike Glennon. Um, I don't know that Mike Glennon can get another NFL job, but if he can, hats off to him. Um, really, the only question I have with this game from a Giants standpoint is, when do I get to see uh, Jake from State from? That, of course, being former Georgia Bulldog quarterback Jake Fromm. Um, I expect to see him at some point. Um, I'm not sure that I want to watch Jake Fromm play quarterback, but that's the state of the New York Giants right now. I think the better question is, is, when does Joe Judge turn the culture around in New York, and can he turn the culture around in New York? It'll be interesting to see how much fight is in this game. But moving on from that, if you thought that game sounded like a snooze fest, how about this next one? Bears and Vikings. Um, folks, pain. That is just a painful game to have to watch, especially because if you were saying, well, okay, I'll watch Justin Fields. Um, Justin Fields was placed on the COVID-19 list. He will not be playing in this game. That means the Bears are either going to roll out the red rifle Andy Dalton, or we're going to see Nick Foles. Um, either one could be interesting. Again, Andy Dalton's just on a one-year deal. I don't expect Nick Foles to be back next year in Chicago. Both of them could be bridge quarterbacks for the, some of these quarterback-needy teams. So be interesting to see what Chicago does there. Probably the last time you're going to see Matt Nagy coaching in Chicago as well. I know Bears fans will applaud that sentence. They've wanted Matt Nagy gone for a long time. But what a fall for grace it's been for Nagy. I mean, just remember, Nagy, not only did the Bears make the playoffs last year, it's not that many years ago that Nagy won Coach of the Year with the Chicago Bears. But uh, they have fallen into quite the debacle, so... That could be an interesting one from the Bears standpoint. From a Vikings standpoint, um, Kirk Cousins is going to go out there and pad his stats. You know, he's going to do what he does. What I'm interested to see, though, from a Vikings standpoint is that offensive line. It's been pretty rough this year. They did invest the first-round pick in the tackle. Christian Darisol out of Virginia Tech. It's been an up-and-down year for him, but Darisol's looked very promising. I expect him to take some steps next year. Ezra Cleveland, their second-round pick from, he's now his second year in his league, second-round pick out of Boise State. Um, he was initially a tackle. It looks like they're trying to move him to guard. That's not really worked out. Brian O'Neill, of course, a pretty respectable tackle. But overall, that Vikings line has just struggled. Um, this is probably going to be the last game you have to watch Garrett Bradbury play center. Vikings fans will be happy about that. But what I'm interested to see with that Vikings line is Robert Quinn. 
Bears defensive end. He just broke the single-season sack record for the Chicago Bears. He also happens to hold the single-season sack record for the Los Angeles Rams. So he is a well-known sack artist. How many sacks does he get on Kirk Cousins this weekend? Um, I'm also interested to see what Justin Jefferson does to that Bears secondary. Um, that could be a fun one to watch, uh, if nothing else, just for the stats. Moving on, though, we have the Tennessee Titans and Houston Texans. Um, I know a lot of people are saying, well, that should be an easy win for the Titans. And if the Titans do win, they're the one seed. All the Titans have to do is win, and they get the one seed in that first round bye. Um, but that's going to be easier said than done, because earlier in the year, the Texans did beat the Titans. Um, so definitely not going to be the easiest of wins for the Titans. My question, though, is does Davis Mills... Uh, rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans out of Stanford. He was their third-round pick. Does he deserve a chance to start next year? Obviously, the Texans had the offseason issues at the quarterback position. Deshaun Watson's debacle. We're not going to really get into that. Tyrod Taylor, he looked good to start the year, but the injury. And they've decided to stick with Davis Mills. Does Davis Mills deserve a chance next year? It'll be interesting to see what David Culley and those guys down there in Houston decide to do. Um, But Really, Titans win, you're the one seed. So that's pretty much that with that Titans-Texans game. But moving on, Steelers and Ravens. This is where it gets interesting because, like we said earlier with that Colts and Jaguars game, if the Jaguars win and the Steelers win, the Steelers are in the playoffs. So if the Jags beat the Colts and the Steelers beat the Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers and senior citizen Ben Roethlisberger will be playing a playoff game. And just keep in mind, I know a lot of Steelers fans are saying, well, the Ravens won't be an easy win. Lamar Jackson has not practiced this week. It appears that you will probably be playing the Ravens with Tyler Huntley starting at quarterback if you're a Steelers fan. And the reason I bring that up is because if Lamar is not playing, do the Ravens play other starters? Or do they rest some of their starters? Do the Ravens kind of mail it in for next year? It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. From a Pittsburgh standpoint, obviously you beat Baltimore in dramatic fashion. You know, if John Harbaugh doesn't go for that two-point conversion and he just kicks the extra point and it goes to overtime, do the Pittsburgh Steelers hold on? It'll be interesting to see what the Steelers' offense looks like as well. Obviously, the uh, cat's out of the bag at this point. Big Ben can't throw the football downfield, so it's a Najee Harris running game. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like, but this game is important. The Steelers have to take care of business. They need a little help, but first and foremost, got to take care of business if you want to get into the playoffs. As far as the next game, of course, another AFC North battle. We've got the Bengals and the Browns. Bengals, of course, won the AFC North this past weekend on a game-winning field goal against the Kansas City Chiefs. So they have come out. They've already said they're not going to play Joe Burrow. Of course, the Bengals cannot be the number one seed. So they're content. They've won the AFC North. They're going to go ahead and rest Burrow. Probably a smart decision since Burrow was banged up in the final seconds of that Chiefs game. Tweaked his knee. So the Bengals are going to start Brandon Allen. Brandon Brandon Allen is the former Arkansas Razorback quarterback. Allen spent time with the Rams and the Broncos. He's played sparingly, thrown for a little over 1,000 yards in his career. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. But on the Cleveland Browns side, Baker Mayfield has opted for surgery. His season is over, and we're going to see Case Keenum start for the Browns. So it's the battle of the backups. I would like to say Case Keenum is better than Brandon Allen, but it's going to be that supporting cast. Obviously, the Browns are on a letdown. We saw what happened on Monday Night Football, the debacle against the Steelers. 
Is Kevin Stefanski able to motivate these guys? I think that is a telling sign for next year. Kevin Stefanski has got to motivate these guys. I really think that the Browns need to win this game in Week 18. You cannot lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, quarterbacked by Brandon Allen, and convince me that the only reason you didn't make the playoffs is because you battled injuries. It's just not happening. To me, if the Cleveland Browns want to propel themselves back into contention talk next year, they need to close out the season strong and win this football game. It'll be interesting to see what that game looks like. Moving into these later slates, though, we do have a nice one out there in L.A. between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. If the Rams take care of business, if the Rams are able to beat the 49ers, they're the two seed. They will lock up the two seed in the NFC. But if they don't, and the 49ers win, the 49ers are in the playoffs. Now, the reason I bring that up is because out of the last five matchups between these two teams, the 49ers have won all five. I think Kyle Shanahan has figured out how to neutralize the... uh, monster that is Aaron Donald. Shanahan's able to utilize his running game and essentially just run away from Aaron Donald and it he does it very effectively. So it'll be interesting to see what that game looks like. Matt Stafford, of course, needs to bounce back. He has thrown a lot of interceptions lately. It's looked pretty ugly. But as far as the Rams go, you know, Cooper Cup has really put himself in position to potentially be Offensive Player of the Year. Of course, leads the NFL in receiving. So it'll be interesting to see what that game looks like. Moving on, though, we do have the Panthers and Buccaneers. Really, the question just with this game is, do the Buccaneers rest their starters? Of course, you know, the Bucs had the debacle with Antonio Brown on the sideline this past weekend against the Jets. Is there any lag from that? Is What is the locker room like? Those are the questions I have with the Bucs. If they do rest their starters, who do they start at quarterback? Are they going to play Blaine Gabbert, the former first-round pick? Or are they going to play their second-round pick this year, Kyle Trask, out of the University of Florida? I personally would be interested in watching Kyle Trask play a little bit. It'd be interesting to see what Trask can do against an NFL defense, especially one that's not bad. The Carolina Panthers do not have a bad defense. They've got young talent with Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin and Derek Brown. Obviously, they've got an all-pro corner and Stephon Gilmore. So this really, for the Panthers, this is about pride. At this point, it's about pride. And really, the other part about this with the Panthers is If they go out and get embarrassed, is Matt Rule on the hot seat? Matt Rule, of course, was the, you know, he was the attractive hire out of college. Of course, the former Temple Owl head coach. Of course, also the former Baylor Bear head coach. He comes to Carolina, and the Panthers really thought that he would help turn them around. It just hasn't happened. It'll be interesting to see what the Panthers look like this Sunday. And also, if Sam Darnold doesn't look impressive, are the Panthers required to hold on to him. Obviously, they're they're going to be in $18 million to him, so it would be kind of a surprise to see the Panthers move on for him. But do the Panthers maybe bring in some more quarterback competition if Darnold struggles? It will be interesting to see how that one goes. Another quarterback controversy, though, is out there in Seattle with the Seahawks, who are going to Arizona this weekend. It's the Seahawks and Cardinals. And really, the question is, is this Russell Wilson's final game in a Seattle Seahawks uniform? Russell Wilson, of course, this past offseason, there was a lot of controversy over whether or not he was going to play for the Seahawks this year. Was he going to get traded? What was that going to look like? Well, the season's been a you know disaster for the Seahawks. Obviously, Russ missed time with a thumb injury. Geno Smith, he, he played valiantly, but could never really right the ship, never really keep him afloat. So it'll be interesting to see. Russ has 
he has come out publicly in the past and stated he's not happy with the amount of times he gets sacked, and who can blame him? Some of the first-round picks the Seattle Seahawks have had in Russell Wilson's tenure, offensive lineman Jermaine Effetti. Jermaine Effetti is not a good offensive lineman. He's so not good that he is currently starting for the Chicago Bears offensive line. That's a terrible offensive line, in case anyone was curious. Um, they've also, of course, spent the first-round pick on Rashad Penny. Um, Penny looked like a bust. He did, of course, have a nice game a couple weeks ago, but I'm not ready to say that Penny's turned it around and now is a potential Hall of Famer or anything. They did spend a first-round pick on linebacker Jordan Brooks a couple seasons ago out of Texas Tech. Jordan Brooks is not a bad football player, but here is the problem with that pick. When you know that you have an unhappy quarterback and you know that you are giving up too much pressure, your quarterback's getting hit too many times, and you had linebackers like K.J. Wright that you let walk, why are you drafting Jordan Brooks in the first round? I really think that Seattle has put themselves in a position where Russell Wilson may decide it's time for him to move on. As far as the Cardinals end of this game... Really, it's just, do the Cardinals play their starters or do they rest them? It'll be interesting. I could see the Cardinals resting their starters, if nothing else, because they have battled injuries. Kyler Murray has missed time this year. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins will be out. J.J. Watt's out for the year. It'll be interesting to see if the Cardinals rest those starters or not. I'll tell you one game, another game where starters could be rested is this Patriots and Dolphins game. You know, the Patriots, they could be playing for the division, but it's unlikely that they're going to be able to win the division. The Dolphins have been eliminated from the playoffs for the so for them this is a pride game. Tua again could be playing for, you know, his job as the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins for the future because the longer this Deshaun Watson situation drags on, the more I begin to wonder will the Dolphins want to get back involved in trade talks for Watson. It could very well happen. Tua didn't help himself when they weren't able to make the playoffs this year, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. The reason I think the Patriots could potentially rest their starters is Brian Hoyer is the backup, and you do not want anything happening to Mac Jones in the final game of the season down there in Miami and have to play Brian Hoyer in a playoff game. And if you don't play Brian Hoyer in the playoff game, then Patriots fans are stuck watching former fourth-round pick Jarrett Stidham play quarterback. So if I'm Patriots fans, yes, you want to beat Miami, but I don't know. It, it might be better to just go ahead and rest those starters. Obviously, you played Miami earlier this year and you lost tragically on the fumble down there near the goal line by Damian Harris. But Miami's also beaten you in other tragic ways before. Obviously, the Miami Miracle, where for some reason Bill Belichick put Rob Gronkowski back at safety. If I'm the Patriots, I don't even mess around with trying to win this game. I rest my starters because more than likely with Cincinnati resting their starters, if New England rests theirs, there is a good chance that we are going to see a Patriots-Bengals wild card round matchup in Cincinnati. And if I'm New England, I'm licking my chops at that. I would take that all day, every day. So if I'm New England, I would gear up for that and go ahead and rest the starters this week. The Saints, though do not have the luxury of resting their starters, but they are not mathematically out of this. The Saints, of course, are going to Atlanta to play the Falcons this weekend, and the Saints need a little bit of help, but if the Saints beat the Falcons and the Rams beat the 49ers, the New Orleans Saints will be in the playoffs. They will make it into the playoffs. Really, the issue with this game for the Saints, though, is who's playing quarterback? Are you playing the former Northwestern Wildcat Trevor Simeon? 
Are you going to play Taysom Hill? Or is Ian Book going to get another start? I think Saints fans everywhere are shuddering at the idea of Ian Book having to play quarterback. If you watched the Monday night football game between the Saints and the Dolphins, Ian Book could not get anything going. Taysom Hill, he is obviously the gadget quarterback, you know, big arm, but wildly inaccurate. And Trevor Simeon, he started before, obviously the former seventh round pick has started games for the Denver Broncos in the past. It'll be interesting to see what the Saints do there at quarterback. As far as the Falcons go, is this it for Matt Ryan in Atlanta? Obviously, Matt Ryan's got a less than appealing contract. It'll be hard for Atlanta to unload. But at what point does Arthur Blank, you know, move on? What At what point do the Atlanta Falcons say, it's time to move on, you know, the Falcons have really never been able to recapture the glory of the season they made it to the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see what Atlanta does this offseason. That is the Saints and Falcons. Moving on, though, to the Jets and Bills. The Jets, it's they're the Jets. Um, we saw them blow a lead last week against Tampa Bay. But I tell you what, don't chalk this up so quickly to a Buffalo Bill victory because Two of the Jets' wins this year have come against the Cincinnati Bengals with Mike White starting at quarterback for the Jets, and the Jets have also beaten the Tennessee Titans this year. So the Jets seem to play up when their competition is better. So if Buffalo comes in here sleepwalking, the Jets could steal one here. So let's not, you know, just chalk this up to a Bills win right away. The Bills, though, potentially with a loss and some other factors, of course, could fall all the way to the seven seed, meaning the Bills would be a wild card and would have to play every single playoff game on the road. Buffalo Bills fans don't want that. Playoff football in Buffalo is a beast. You definitely want teams to have to come to Buffalo. The Bills need to go out there and take care of business this weekend, lock up the AFC East, and make a team come play football in Buffalo in January. The last game of Week 18, though, is this Los Angeles Chargers Las Vegas Raiders game, and folks, this is the one that matters the most because it's quite simple. Whoever wins is going to the playoffs. Whoever loses is getting an early vacation. Their season will be over. As far as the Raiders go, really the question's simple. Why isn't Derek Carr being considered MVP? I'm not talking about statistics. Obviously, I know Derek Carr's stats do not stack up to those of Aaron Rodgers, of Tom Brady, of Joe Burrow, or even of the receiving stats that Cooper Cup has put up. But the bottom line is everything the Las Vegas Raiders have been through this year. Obviously, the coaching change, the John Gruden scandal, but obviously also Henry Ruggs' situation. Henry Ruggs was the Raiders' deep threat. Henry Ruggs had brought... Derek Carr, a deep threat. He was throwing the ball downfield more. He loses that. They bring in Deshaun Jackson. It was never the same. But Derek Carr has found a way to keep the ship afloat and help the Raiders be in a position to potentially make the playoffs. In my opinion, Derek Carr's at least done enough to come back to the Raiders next year. I know the Raiders, obviously, two years ago, they signed Marcus Mariota. There was talks that they were looking to move on from Derek Carr. I don't think you can now. He's been great this year for them. As far as the Chargers go, this would be awesome for a young quarterback in Justin Herbert because potentially, if we don't get that Bengals-Patriots matchup in the first round of the playoffs, we could end up with a Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow first round playoff matchup of the Chargers and Bengals and oh boy wouldn't that be a fun one so the Chargers definitely need to come out there and take care of business and really I think it would be a disappointment if the Chargers don't make the playoffs if you look at the talent on that roster Keenan Allen Austin Eckler obviously Justin Herbert at quarterback but you've got Derwin James in the back half of that secondary on the defensive side Joey Bosa on the defensive line 
This team has got to come out and make the playoffs this year. I will tell you what, though. The Chargers did a great job in the offseason of retooling their offensive line. Obviously, you bring in right tackle Brian Bulaga, the former Green Bay Packer. Also, another former Green Bay Packer they brought in, Corey Lindsley at the center position. Those signings have looked nice. Rashawn Slater, though. Rashawn Slater was their first-round pick, the tackle out of Northwestern. And, folks, let me tell you, Rashawn Slater looks like he is going to be a pro bowler for many years to come. That was a great pick. It was such a smart decision. Having to watch Sam Tevy play left tackle for the Chargers over the past few seasons has been abysmal to watch. Rashawn Slater is going to sure up that position, and it's going to be an interesting one. Winner take all there. That is, of course, your Sunday night football game. That's going to be a good one, folks. And with that, that is the Week 18 slate. That is what we've got on tap for us this weekend. Folks, enjoy watching those games. Have fun watching them. Even that Vikings-Bears game, That, like I said, there's something for everybody to watch that game. I'm sorry, Giants fans, that you have to watch Mike Glennon play football, but enjoy it. It's the last week of the regular season. Folks, enjoy these games. Have fun this weekend. Stay safe. I'll be back Monday to, of course, review all these games. Take care and have a good weekend. We'll see you.